All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Questlove Supreme. Uh, this is Questlove Supreme Classic. And this is the Roy Ayers episode from July 5th, 2017. Um, we go back in time and explore Roy's life in music and jazz and soul and funk and disco. And yeah, he's kind of the, the proprietor of Neo Soul. So we hope you enjoyed this QLS Classic with Roy Ayers. Sunshine, yeah, of the summer sun, yeah, she be do, yeah, run, 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 my name is Fonte, yeah, some say I'm crazy, yeah, because we live, yeah, in Brooklyn, baby, roll call, Suprema, Suprema, roll call, Suprema. Sugar, yeah. I'm a little moody. Yeah. It's been a month since yeah. I got some star booty. Oh, Boss Bill's not crazy. Yeah. Or cuckoo aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. But let me kiss you yeah. on your poo-poo la la. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. I'm unpaid bill. Yeah. Came to share. Yeah. I love the sunshine. Yes. And Roy S. Suprema. roll call. Yeah. What's your infatuation? Yeah. With Roy S. Yeah. It's the vibration. Roll call. 
My name is Roy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just type trying to get down. Yeah. And I'm not playing. Roll call. Yeah. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Damn you, Steve. Yeah. Yo, Steve even body in the roll yeah. call. That was <laughs> Steve actually Very had nice. a copy of Roy Hair Star <laughs> Booty. Star booty. Oh, Steve, vinyl. you've been thinking about that for a long time. You've been waiting. You've been waiting. Uh, I won. <laughs> 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 no, you've been winning. He's been winning for like the past like yeah. months. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Move yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. You don't like the sunshine spotlight? You don't it's like cool. It? Okay. It's a nice transition though because that, that album was, was done here. So Yes, we know. Moving on. Made famous in juice. Here? Where are we? Wait a minute. We'll find out. Hello? Can I... Yeah, this is your show. Right? <laughs> Can I get a minute to breathe? <laughs> Ladies and Focus. gentlemen, welcome to another classic, informative episode of Questlove Supreme. Ow! Yeah, I'm Questlove. I'm your host. Uh, I'm on the pitcher's mound, and we have uh, Fontigolo <laughs> on first base. Yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> Too short doing it we got Boss Bill on uh, the catcher's position. What? What? Whoa. Whoa. Fonte's, Fonte's more of a catcher. Well, nah, 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 nah. I pitch. <laughs> you know, anyway, we got Sugar Steve in the center field. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like the left field. Yeah. Unpaid Bill is uh, our third baseman. Nice. I'll and we got that. Laia, a.k.a. Margaret. She short is stop. our shortstop. Short stop. I knew that. I'll take it. You're, you're our shortstop. I short love stop. our sports references. Yeah. We are on it. And uh, with us today... Who's the quarterback? Who's the quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> and, with, and with us today uh, is a gentleman who uh, has quietly stood the test of time uh, for starting out in the burgeoning... Jazz uh, era of the 60s Los Angeles uh, to the jazz funk fusion of the 70s to the uh, electro funk boogie of the 80s uh, just to come full circle and to watch his work um, <laughs> come back in the form of, of classic hip-hop samples that have stood the test of time uh, in the 90s and then uh, to the neo-soul era of the early aughts and, and tens and basically uh, our guest Rory Ayers uh, to me is the black music world's jeans and t-shirt. He's he sold music's tuxedo, something that will never, ever, ever go out of style. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back home to Electric Lady. This is Roy Ayers. How you doing? Yes. Praise him. Good evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right. So we okay. All of us have been dying to know um, because we are in the A room of Electric Lady Studios in the Village of New York. Right. When's the last time you? Were he- well, I'm, well. First of all, you've been here a few times in oh. recording, you know, with Erica and Kanye er- and Quali. Right. But I mean, like during the the Polydor years, like oh how often God. did you use the studio? I I can't even remember, but now I can vaguely remember. Uh, I used the studio so much mm-hmm. that that I I wore in- engineers out. Really. I wore engineers out because people like uh, Jerry, Jerry Solomon, mm-hmm. my God, Jerry Solomon and his wife, they said, wait, Roy, this is ridiculous. Jerry Solomon and his wife, uh, they decided they were going to go home. Okay. 
And so it's, I said, get another engineer. <laughs> <laughs> so you would, how, how long would your sessions be? Oh, sometimes, uh, you know, a, a day, the whole, the whole day. So in true jazz mode, you would record an entire album within a three-day, four-day oh, no, period? Oh, no, 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 I would, no. I would do about three songs. Oh, okay. Three songs, a lot, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and what the song? Would you write them in the studio at that time, or would they be pre-written? Usually, they were written written right right out. Mm-hmm. I, I I paid played everything, you know, like everybody loves the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Just made it up. Really, <laughs> most of my most of my compositions were spontaneous. Really, they want to spont yeah on the spontaneous key. Everybody else is doing doing whatever they do. But that's what I did. It was really a lot of fun. Is it something about this room that makes people just write on the spot and not prepare? <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's the narr- that's that seems the, to be a running theme. That's, that's the ongoing narrative of Studio A. Am I? Su- I'm assuming that did you record in Studio A or Studio B or I bought, did both both studios, both studios. Uh, they were really fantastic. Really. And what made you want to choose Electric Lady? Of like I know that a lot of artists that. Have chosen the studio for the folklore of Jimi Hendrix and just the location in the village. It was and- it was Jimmy. It really, was, it was for Jimmy. Yes, right. Jimmy was a wonderful person, man. So even as a jazz guy, you you had respect for the folklore of. Uh, oh yeah, really. Oh yeah, but you knew him, right? Yeah, I knew Jimmy, but I, that, but I didn't know him that well. Okay. You know, I knew I knew him. Okay, so yeah, knowing that you grew up in Los Angeles. Um, I, pardon my ignorance, but it's like for me, I've I've already stu- I've always studied the history of most jazz guys that came to New York, right? But I never I always knew that like most guys in Los Angeles felt similar to hip hop that New York was a real snobby place for the culture, and you know was slow to give respect to them. So tell me, especially in the '60s when you were were, were coming up. In, in in the jazz world, like what was the jazz scene like in Los Angeles? Was there a scene similar to New York, like what New York had in the forties? It was it was a very very cool scene, you know. People like uh, Teddy Pendergrass. Uh, I'm sorry, about uh, T- Teddy Edwards. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Okay, uh, 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 Teddy uh, Teddy Edwards and Harold Land and the Gerald Wilson Big Band. Mm-hmm. My God, th- those all those all those guys were. Just fantastic, and I worked with Curtis, Curtis, Amy, uh, and and I, I worked did records with Jack Wilson, the Jack Wilson Quartet. Okay. Oh man, it was really a, a great thing. Uh, it was a great experience for me, truly a great experience. But was there? I mean, as far as the scene was concerned, I know like here, you know, cats were were hardcore as far as like you being up on your chops and right and they're quick to down you i mean most people know the story of of bird uh-huh. getting the symbol thrown at him Laya, do you know the story no you know i don't okay no just see i want to verify if you oh. know it then i can explain it. Yes. <laughs> uh charlie parker who's you know i mean one of the virtuosos of all time of sex <laughs> when he first uh i forget not men's playhouse I, f- I forget the name of the club that he was in um, but cats thought he was so bad that at one point the drummer just took the ride symbol and threw it 
at Bird to get him to stop playing. And <laughs> to him, that was like, oh, I got to go back and practice. And then he came back Murdered a monster. <laughs> he came back a monster. So what was it? Was it? Was there any other vibraphone players that was like, you know, eyeing your spot? Like, okay. And B- Bobby Hutchinson. He's also LA based? Yeah, with Pasadena. I, ooh. Pasadena, California. We, I'm getting ready to go do a, a what do you call it? A, a, a prelude to his, 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 uh, uh, his demise. He, he died. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, did you know, didn't you know that? I, no, no, I knew he passed away. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's uh, but I didn't know he was from uh, Los Angeles, Pasadena. That's right, Pasadena, California, where, okay. they, where they had the Rose, Rose Parade. Okay, and he was like a, a genius, man. He he's a genius as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Oh yeah. So was was receiving Lionel Hampton's drum? Uh, you told me the story before of Lionel Hampton giving you a pair of vibra of mouth. Right. Was that what is that what determined you? To play vibraphones, or were you a drummer? Or did yeah. you do other? I was. I was really stuck on on the vibes. You know, I wanted to play the vibes. So Lionel Hampton gave me a set of vibraphone mallets, and of course, that that was. I was five years old. I always wanted to play the vibes. Okay. Lionel Hampton was my was my. He was my mentor. You know, You're everything. He was a wonderful man. Okay. So, is how would you? Were you? How were you able to even practice or that? Because vibraphones are not the things that are easily transportable in that time period. I know now you have devices that you can pack up, and you know electronic vibraphones or whatever. But how? What was your practice method like? Uh, I, I played for quite a while, but I was just on the piano. I had a piano there. My mother played piano and taught piano lessons, but I played the piano. Because I didn't have a set of vibes. I, my folks bought me a set of vibes when I was like 17 years old. Oh, okay. I drove them crazy. <laughs> so for the instrumental dummies, though, Mr. Ayers, let me ask you, what's the big, what are the differences between the vibes and the, and the piano? Like how hard was it to transition to the two? The, the, the same keyboard as okay. the, as a, as a, as a xylophone, you know. Mm. The xylophone is the same as, as a key, keyboard. You know, so it's the black keys, the white keys, you know, same thing. You grew up in South Central, correct? That's right. South Central, L.A. So knowing what I know, well, knowing what movies have told me about South Central. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can trust the information or not. You know, if a lot of times, you know, the, the problem is that most people get their views of black people's lives via entertainment. The music they produce and the movies and the television shows and they think right. that, that's real life. What was South Central like uh, during your childhood, growing up? It was uh, basically a drag. <laughs> South Central was was you know, I mean, South Central. If, if you look at all all the guys like, and uh, I, I never met mm-hmm. a lot of the young guys. The, the young younger younger guys were. It was quite different, man. It was quite different because uh, I wasn't even exposed as far as I, I got the exposure during the time I was with Gerald Wilson, the Jack Wilson, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and and it's really crazy. Growing up in, in your early childhood, what was South, was South Central plagued with gang activity? Was South Central 
mired in trouble as as what I've known it to be in the 80s or 90s? Like, did you guys have, or were did your parents take you out of that and constantly keep you in music? My folks, uh, they, they they loved me. They they spent four 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 hundred dollars mm-hmm. on on my on on a on a record that I did. People don't even know about it. Really. Love exclusive. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it, it, but they, they don't even know that I, I was a singer. Okay. I sang, you know, I sang at a young, young, young age. I was like. So even before the Atlantic record. Oh. You, you, you were way, singing way before, right? Oh damn! I way did not know about I, this. Nobody, nobody knew this. <laughs> <laughs> Where are these records at? Oh, uh, source. It was like the, the vows of love. The group was called the Vows of Love, mm-hmm. and uh, the the, the, Latin, the, the Latin, Latin lyrics with the Vows of Love, and it's on Embassy, okay, em- Embassy Records. So was this close to uh, like doo wop or doo wop? Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> I see. Right, it's doo wopping, man. <laughs> I see. So what what drove you to jazz music? I mean, did you improvisation? Yeah, yeah, improvisation. I was I was I was good. So you know, I I kept I kept playing and and uh, kept grooving. Ducey Williams, do you remember Ducey Williams? Familiarize me. He was a producer on that that, that album. Okay. Uh, we did the Vows of Love, and uh, we did a song called Stranded in the Jungle. Okay. My God. My God. It was very nice. We did one record. Okay. Do you still have copies of those records? No, I have one copy. <laughs> still in your possession right now? I have one copy. Right. Somebody sent it to me. It's like a 45 record? Yeah, it's a, it's a 45, right. Okay, which one of us is going to volunteer to go digitize it so that <laughs> right. can you imagine? it could be preserved in history? <laughs> I got that. Hey. I'll do that. I, I want to hear it. I want. I want to hear this. So, um, so when did you get serious about jazz music? Like leaving? Oh, leaving doo-wop and you know. I was always serious about jazz, you know. So I, I, you know, I was always serious, serious about it. It was very, very personal to me, you know. Uh, as a as a matter of fact, uh, uh, I I had uh, I had most most not not everything, but most of Lionel Hampton's records. Okay. And of course, the MJQ and and uh, Bobby Hutchison. Bobby Bobby did very well mm-hmm. with me. He was a very progressive vibist. As a matter of fact, I looked at looked at his playing. I looked at advanced his performing, and it was fantastic. He was a year younger than me. Oh, really? When he passed. Okay. In, in, in 75, 75 years old. I'm 76. Right. So, so it's, it's kind of weird. It seems like I'm getting all the work now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you outlast No, no I'm, ser- I'm serious. Yeah, I'm, but- I'm getting so much work. Which is good. I'm not pl- complaining. I'm just saying, I'm getting all of it now. 
But but it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's cool. But what's that like at seventy six though? What is that like? Like now you you tour a lot. I mean, it's great because I tour all the time. That's right. right. I tour all the time. I just came back from Australia. Oh wow. What is that like though for you now that you're getting you're so popular and like I'm tired. I, I was wanting to say it. I'm like, you got it. No, no, no. But I'm I'm tired when I'm when I when I when I'm get tired. Right, right. But right. you know, so I'm awake when I'm awake, I'm kicking ass. Mm. <laughs> there it is. Mm. That's what matters. No, I'm serious. You know. I seen you. I know you are. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, no, you came uh, to my city. Uh, this was, I think it was a year or two ago. You played the Article Festival in Durham, North Carolina. Right. And uh, I came and saw you. It was it was amazing, man. Oh, thank you. It was thank amazing. You. Yeah, I have to say that even we did a show with you once. Uh, the Roots did a show with you in Brighton, England. And... Um, there was a trick that you used to do with the solos where, you know, all of you stop playing your instruments and you just start scatting the solos. The Roots tried that once. <laughs> once. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> no, it's just because one thing we didn't know was that you are easily out of breath after 19 seconds of scatting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, these guys were doing it effortlessly for like six minutes so oh, yeah, yeah that was that was a short-lived you know i understand that that was hard to do um so how did you hook up with herbie man uh a friend of mine reggie workman from philadelphia yeah reggie workman reggie workman from philadelphia said roy herbie man's in town he needs a vibe player <laughs> i called him up got, got his got, got in touch with him he said Hey, can you can you come play with me tonight? I said, no problem. I hooked up the gig. The rest was straight ahead. It was great with, with Herbie Man. It was wonderful, man. How many years did you tour with him? I did four years. Really? Four years. I was also uh, his roadie, <laughs> also a, a, a member of his band. Okay. You were also the roadie. And it, it, yeah, it, which, which all helped me to uh, understand the road. The road, understand, it's very complicated. Sometimes it can be very confusing, you know. So you would also drive the trucks and the equipment and... Oh, well, you know, whatever we had to do. We flew everywhere. Okay. Herbie did very well. Okay, now explain this to me because, again, like with the way that I tour now, mm -hmm. there are backline rental companies there at your beck and call to set things up for you. Exactly. And to have it there. How, like, did you live in a fifth-story walk-up apartment? Like, how would you get your vibraphones to and from gigs oh. effortlessly? Or would they already be there? Because it's not like a piano. It's not right. like it's something that's right, just right. commonly there. So that's how do you get your 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 instruments to and from gigs yeah, yeah, we'd have a, 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 a special truck, a special guy to transport it. Okay. They, they would actually put, put it away, you know, put everything away. Bass, bass drums, piano, guitar, and uh, Herbie Mann. And sometimes okay. we would add other individuals like, you know, Jimmy Owens or whoever, Woo. you know. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was nice. Steve Very just nice. had an orgasm. <laughs> so, um, oh, um, so did you play on any Herbie Mann albums? Oh yeah, yeah. He was I on did. Atlantic, right? Yeah. He's on Atlantic. Yeah, I did. Atlantic. So this is how you got your deal with Atlantic initially. Oh yeah, the Stone Soul Picnic and all that stuff. Uh, I, I was I was performing with Jack Wilson the first time, 
Jack Wilson Quartet. Okay. And, and then we, we, we did Herbie Mann with, with uh, the other organization. It was very nice. Did you have a relationship with um? I met Erdogan and the Jerry Wexler, like the Cats at Atlantic. Like, yeah, I knew I knew Ahmad, Ahmad, okay. I knew both of them, but but because uh, you only stayed for like three records, and I always wondered because you know they they seem like a, at least from my perspective a jazz friendly label, but for some reason I always noticed that a lot of their artists would leave after somewhere between three to five years to go somewhere else to do. Right, you know the same with Coltrane, like you know to have a fruitful career. Exactly. So, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So was it that you just felt that they were more of a soul label and really not adapt to marketing jazz I believe that as they, they should? I believe that they could everything. They could do everything. They did everything. Everything. Okay. Jazz, blues, soul, whatever. They did a lot of stuff, man. You know. You know, it, it was it was a good record company, man. Very good co- company. Okay. So, now, what made you? What made you go to Polydor in in the early seventies? I left the company. I, I I went to another company. It was it was a better deal. Oh, okay. It, it was a much better deal. Yeah. I was going to say you and James Brown, I believe, were the first. James Brown, yeah. You, James Brown, and Mandrill, I believe, <laughs> oh, uh, were the first signees to to Polydor Records, and and I, I was there before him. In 1970, correct? Yeah, yeah. So for you, it was just a, a better deal business-wise, and yeah, okay. yeah. It was very nice. It was a very nice deal. I guess infusing uh, funk music into your jazz. I mean, it seemed like a radical idea at the time. So, can you talk about the effects of the idea of fusion, not playing straight-ahead jazz, but more or less? Uh, cats starting to infuse rock music into their jazz and soul music into their jazz, and you know, were people were? Did you see this as the future, adding more rhythm to your jazz as opposed to just straight ahead shuffle? Which you know, th- I mean, there was no evidence of that by the time you got to. If anything, I think you planted the seeds of what will be neo soul. Absolutely, twenty yeah. years later, so. I mean, just explain, what was your philosophy as far as the music you wanted to present? Like, just with the whole mysticism and, and the the vibes and just, like, what was your philosophy? Like, what were you trying to present to the people that was way different than your straight-ahead jazz stuff? I was just trying to present the music that I, that I love. And uh, <clears throat> I can tell that it was, it was, it was represented through uh, the trials and tribulations of the, of the, 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 the music that I I, I felt the vibe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can get it. I felt the vibe. It, it was just the vibe. The vibe to teach, especially to teach like the songs like "Searching" and and and, and, the, and the beautiful things that I I said I said it musically. So besides jazz stuff, what 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 uh, other types or what other bands were you listening to at the time that you were like in the early seventies? Or in the sixties. Well, you know, I was listening to Herbie Hancock, and to uh, you know, Chick Corea, mm-hmm. several different styles, and I, and of course, of course, I, I always uh, had my favorite Miles Davis. If, uh, Miles Davis is my favorite artist, you know. So at the time when, uh, like, on the corner, and a lot of Miles is more deeper, right. like post bitches brew right. stuff. 
were you digging that? Because I know a lot of jazz heads were like, mm, I don't know, Miles. You might have fell off the deep end, but did that I, speak to you? I was checking him out. Of course, of course, that wow. that, that did teach me. Teach me. It taught me a lot. Taught me a lot about music. You know, Miles was an innovator, man. He was great. Miles Davis was one of the great ones, as far as I'm concerned. Did you ever get a chance to meet him or talk to him? Yep. Uh, the, the great thing about it is that uh, Herbie Hancock told me, you know, when you meet Miles, Miles will hit you in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he hit me in the stomach. He knocked knocked the fuck out of me. <laughs> so I was sorry. You knew it was coming, sorry. I, 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 I knew it was coming, but I, I, he didn't know how it was coming. He said, oh, you're in shape. I said, <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> so, so it was funny. So uh, Miles Davis is, was so great. Uh, oh, he, he, was, he was wonderful. Uh, but when I went to his house, I wanted to film him because I wanted to fil- get, get him on film. Uh-huh. And he didn't 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 let me bring, <laughs> didn't allow you bring to document. I, I bought a pair of camera in, but I told the cat, take it home. <laughs> uh, he was he was magnificent. He's a great guy. What's the concept of uh, the Ubiquity albums? Because some of your albums were straight up Roy Ayers, uh-huh. and then there were Roy Ayers Ubiquity. Right? Like, was it meant to? B-side projects. Also, was Edwin Birdsong a part of that, or was he just yeah, a collaborator? Yeah, Edwin Birdsong was part of that. That's right. Okay. Uh, part of the whole ubiquity family, but by God. Edwin Birdsong is in California, also with Myrna Williams. And Myrna Williams is, is the, the individual that told me, get, get, got me interested in, in ubiquity. And I said, what does that mean? She said, it means the state of being everywhere at the same time. Mm. And I said, all right. So I can tell people I can be everywhere if you have one of my albums. (laughs) 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 So, no, no, it it caught on very well. It's it's a very good line. Uh, You know, it's it's interesting how I use the ubiquity. Now now I use Roy Ayers production, period, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I guess we changed with all the... All the enlightenment, enlightenment of everything else. You know what I'm saying? Right. Side note, Bill. Yeah. 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 You have on an old logo, Earth, Wind, and Fire T-shirt. You yeah. told me it's relevant to today. Yes, it is. Why? It, why is your your old logo, Earth, Wind, and Fire? It would uh, actually be more relevant if I was wearing some white shorts and some white sneakers. Right. Because it's a reference to the song "Poo Poo Lala." Oh yes, because just when he was wearing, he had to do the earth yes, because he says what he's wearing in the, yes, in the song, Bill. and he's talking about he was wearing his his white white t shirt with the with Earth Wind and Fire inscribed on the front, and his white shorts and some white sneakers, and you couldn't tell him, you couldn't you couldn't tell him he wasn't clean. Steve, he beat you. You couldn't tell yeah, him he wasn't clean. Well, technically, yeah. yeah, Steve, we gotta take it back. <laughs> Okay. Win. That's, technically, if that's win. how you guys roll, take him back. I get it. Now I have yeah, to. to yeah. You got way deep on it. Yeah, I'm sorry. You still tell that poo poo lala song every every show you do too? Yeah, I do. I do it every every once in a while. Okay. I love that. I love, I love that record. It. I love that record. It's it's really difficult because you have to do it. You, you yeah, add on things to it. Uh, mm. I thought you were. My see. God. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody says uh, you do poo poo lala. I said I'm not gonna do that one tonight. I'll do that one tomorrow night. 
<laughs> I and, just and they'll let you the slide audience, with it. Audience cool out. That's right. It says okay, okay, you do it tomorrow night. Oh, not being the audience like, no, I want to hear it tonight. <laughs> Tell me about it. A, a couple of people. Add on to it like it's the, the aristocrats joke. Like, yes. <laughs> add more things. Okay. Yes, something else. I mean, I, I have so many questions about your your uh-huh. your songs in particular. Um, <laughs> first of all, was it what was your what was your ideology as far as trends were concerned? Because when I really got familiar with you, I was six or seven years old when. Um, Freaky Deaky was like immensely popular and unavoidable on black radio. Right. And, <laughs> you know, it's like I thought of you as a disco artist. I mean, because, again, I'm seven years old. And I, that's, you know what I mean? Like you be on Soul Train and all that stuff. So I didn't realize of your jazz background and none of that stuff. And really, like, not until hip hop did I really put all the pieces together that you just morphed into... Right. Whatever. But, you know, by the time the mid-70s came around, uh -huh. did you, I mean, was it label, was it label pressure like, okay, you got to come up with something? Or was it just like, you wanted to hear your clubs and disco, you wanted to hear your music and discos now? And uh, I don't know. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, versatility is like, is my key. This being versatile and very creative, and uh, I guess the, when you look at it, the whole the whole uh, spectrum, the whole spectrum of music, you just gotta just be, deal with it. As, as as far as I'm concerned, you gotta deal with the the, the fact the facts of of, of of grooving, you know, just the groove is, is 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 in the essence of what I'm talking talking about. So disco was not a four letter word to you, not like later no, for man. that. No, everything everything is relative to me. Everything is re related. All the stuff is related. Okay. You know, I've 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 seen a lot of artists uh, uh, play play funk. When when Herbie Hancock plays funky, it's it's funk, but if you if you check him out, Herbie's been with me several times, mm -hmm. several times on several albums, and he is it's so so fantastic with his creativity. His creative level is so immense. It's 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 it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, when you, when you when you think about Herbie Herbie Han, Herbie Hancock, and and you really talk about his music, he's a, he's enormous. It's it's, it's incredible. So, uh, you know, it's, it's so fantastic. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling. Uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's funny you mentioned, uh, Amir, you was talking about your first time you remember hearing his music was with Freaky Deaky. Mm -hmm. I think my first Roy Ayer song I can remember hearing on the radio, I was, God, I could have been more than five years old, but it was actually, it was Programmed for Love. Programmed for Love. Man. And and it, I didn't put it together until later on that like, oh, this is the same guy that did Everybody Loved the Sunshine. Like it was because, you know, when you talk about how everything was relative to you, the thing I always thought was dope about your, your music was that you never, you always seemed to, wherever the trends were or whatever, like the younger cats were doing, uh-huh. I always liked that you seemed to embrace the younger generation. Like, just right. from what I could tell. I mean, even with a record like Program for Love at that time, that was like a drum machine record. And, but it had you still playing, and it sounded current. It sounded like something that was on the record. I that was like 85, 86, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I always thought that was dope. Has that always been just a driving philosophy of yours to – Look at the youth and try to help them. Or well, that was produced what, what, by produced by uh, James M. Toomey. Ah, right. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Wait, so is that the one with Hot? Yeah, I'm sorry. Program. Yeah, it's like a slow joint. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, um, yeah. program for love. When he yeah. was on Soul Train, that was his second song. Oh, okay. After Hot, James M. Toomey. Yeah, that's my shit. That's my shit. <laughs> but that was it. Yeah, that was the first Four A's record I remember like hearing as a kid. And uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. James Ventura was the gas, man. He's a great guy, man. He's a great, guy. wonderful guy. So on on your on your earlier records, um, the a lot of the themes of Afrocentricity mm-hmm. um, are definitely uh, uh, just prevalent throughout all all of your works. You know, right. with 
speaking of Africa and, and, and infusing red, black, and green imagery and, and you know, black skin and those things, like, what, for you, like, what made you even want to go in that direction when, you know, the idea of Afrocentricity <clears throat> was rarely a thing heard? I know, like, a lot of, you know, so maybe Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Fire, yeah. That, yeah, that like, self-discovery was just coming into play, but... You know, the the idea of, of Afrocentricity was still brand new. Like, what made you, especially with those first five records on Polydor, go there? Yeah, Africa. That that's, that's it. The key is Africa. Africa is in the center of the world. The world is, is round and stuff like that. But this Africa is so beautiful, man. It is so, so, so beautiful. Fela Kuti, he is in the mind. Mm-hmm. He grabs your mind. He grabbed, grabbed, he grabbed my mind. Uh, certainly, man, it was, it was so wonderful. I mean, you have to understand. Everybody doesn't relate to Africa, but they relate to Africa. But they don't. They don't really go to Africa. They don't go there. I've got. When I've did you there. first go there? Oh, man, I, f- first time I went there. Wow, my God. Uh, wait a minute. That's a good question. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I went there in 1979, uh, 70, 70, 78. The first time you went with Fela? It's, it's, I was with the Fela. Okay. Oh, man. And what that, was that? Y'all okay, went to Nigeria? You, Is that straight to Nigeria? To the shrine? What Nigeria, was that? It, I went to Nigeria. And I went to say that again. What was it like at the, I assume you went to the shrine? Yeah. What was that experience like to go to the shrine in its prime? Like, what was it like? Heavy. <laughs> it's, and how did you two hook up? Like, who hooked you two up? Uh, it, uh, I had an attorney, an attorney that was dealing with the Africans, African people, mm-hmm. and he is from from uh, he's from from Nigeria. Nigeria, right? He's, he's from. He said you you should go to Africa, Roy. You should go to Africa because there's a musician I want you to meet. And I went over there to meet fella, and I, I paid for the whole trip. Congero, <laughs> uh, 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 mus- the musician, and and the engineer. My God, I paid for all that. It was very expensive, man. It, 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 and you went there sight unseen, like just based on. I, a- I just yeah, it was based on conversation with him, with the African, okay. the, the the African brother. But it was one, it was wonderful. I mean, when 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 I when I met Fella, he gave me a big hug. It was like it was like it was like um, it's very 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 weird when you when you saw all these people and all the people. He, he brought about seventy people, and everybody. This is this is my family. Oh, <laughs> oh man! It was it was it, it was it was fantastic. You you, you can't imagine. Well, how my head was was spinning, man. It was, it was a motherfucker. Excuse my language. No, it's not. It was something else. It was uh, it's uh, it's, he- it's heavy when you think about it, you know, and you think about the thoughts, think about the the craziness, and then I did a rehearsal with with fella. Oh man, these all these musicians. They don't read any music, mm-hmm. but they, they conceptually, 
the saxophonists, all the all of everybody, the dancers, the dancers, all all his wives are, are dancing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it's 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 unbelievable when you see it. You say, "Oh shit," because you can't believe it. Right. You, you, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable because this guy was really a genius, man. He was. I couldn't believe how he could teach teach everybody their parts. Oh man. Oh. Wow. It was amazing. It was amazing. So how long would believe. songs go for? Like how long was the average show? Sometimes, when the power goes out, <laughs> oh, the, huh? the drums the drums remain playing. The drums play, mm. so they wait till it'll go, the power goes back on, and then they, he, he keeps on. He, he played for at least, at least uh, three hours. Wow. Oh, man, it was, oh, it, was, it, was, it was great. Man. I wish I had a time machine just to go back <laughs> to and see that. But, but <laughs> Did you, you gotta, guys ever you gotta, record you anything? You got to see that, no. Did you record it on your own personal? Like- I, I have something. I'm cool with it. I get the feeling that your storage unit I, I know for a fact that your storage unit has magic in it because ah! the first time <laughs> the first time I met you and you were just so casual like uh, yeah I got a you know <laughs> you said to me yeah I got about 60 reels that Polydor had never seen Right. And I was like, what? This is right before For the, the Virgin, the Virgin Ubiquity, Ubiquity came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I got, I got a lot of artifacts, you know, that people haven't seen yet. And I was like, yo, man, make, you know, do, do you need historians to rummage through <laughs> yeah. uh, those things? Just to- I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so you would record stuff and then just not turn it into the labels? Is that how you... Is that how you work? Exactly. That's that's how I did work. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Word up, finesse. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta really understand the whole industry is like it's, it's real fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's real fucked up. I don't mean. No, I want to no, know no, no, how no, no. fucked up. I want to know talk how talk fucked up it. is it, Roy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's very fucked up. Man. <laughs> It's what bad. was the most fucked up about it, Roy? Yeah, but they take all the money. Well, yeah. There's it, that. They take all the money. Was there ever a law in your uh, in your business? Like, was there ever a time where it's like, damn, I can't get no work? Or I always felt like you were constantly... I mean, because you did projects with Wayne Henderson and the Crusaders, I believe. And, right, or, right. So I'm thinking that you're always working. Like, Well, I'm, I'm, I work most of the time. So was there ever the a down period where it's like, okay, I don't know, this might be the end of the road, and well, that's a down period, but the the, the down period it gets better, it gets better. and yeah. it, it it continues to get better, as as you, as you will probably grow in, in your life, you you'll see it get better. I see. How did your records? Um, how were they selling Ampolado at the time, and what was the standard for what they considered a successful record? Uh. Interesting, uh, you know. I was making two hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Some damn two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, two hundred, two hundred thousand a year for every time you turned a for record. Every in. time a record, right? Every time I turned okay. a record, they had it so fucked up. Excuse me, but they had it so fucked up that and I was I was sitting on a record, and the promotion people said, "Hey." He's not, got another album coming out, and we haven't finished with Finish this, this single, <laughs> which is this other single. They were crazy. 
So, uh, so you're moving too fast for them. Well, that's right. They they were moving too fast. Seriously, they were moving too fast, and I was fucked up. You know, this and all. Oh shit, this is great. You know. So you were basically saying you were basking in the glory of that time period and and kind of glory of the dollars. <laughs> I see. Right. Everything everything was cool, but they they started getting too organized. And they, they fucked it all up. Well, they, they uh, fucked it up. They fucked it up. That leads me to your production projects because there's two side projects that you worked on that, although it didn't make initial noise mm-hmm. when they came out, uh, both of them found life years later once hip hop both discovered them. Uh, Sylvia Straplin and Sylvia Straplin. Right. Yeah. Straplin. I'm sorry, and the ramp project right um so is ramp basically the roy ayers ubiquity ubiquity record minus roy ayers or was that a total actually r-a-m-p roy ayers music productions right right but that particular band was was that also the band that you utilized for your projects or you they were separate from i I got a completely separate band and and i I used them to, to 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 create the group okay you know because in my head, I just thought that they were the band that you would use on Running Away and all the other stuff. Right. Without you on it, per se. Right. But. But, but it's cool. They, they, they were, they were right. a whole other entity. They, exactly. Could you explain those projects and why you chose to work with them? Are they from Ohio? They're from Ohio. Okay. I, I, I discovered them on uh, social media recently, and they're, uh, you know, like. They're from Ohio, right? Doing right. tours and that sort of thing. So how did you how did you run into those guys? Uh, I, I met them. I can't, I can't even remember when I met them, but I know I met the the uh, leader of the band. His name is John. Uh, uh, John, yeah, John. I met him, and 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 he agreed with me. John Manuel. Manuel. John Manuel. Damn, it's right. <laughs> God damn. Quest Love Supreme, we do our homework. We do. We Google. Oh, you did it, man. <laughs> no, I don't even think you Google. That's yeah, it. You just added. No, he Googled. I had to look he Googled. Okay. Okay. That one. Oh, he's you, just, he's just fast. You Google, right? You got good fingers. Right. John Manuel, but I met him, and uh, he, uh, he, he he produced helped me produce the re- records, man. Uh, I signed a, co- a contract with uh, uh, ABC. ABC Records. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so was what was the deal? Why, did, why didn't you bring that project to Polydor as opposed to another? Why did you bring it to another label? Or you just had a separate production deal with? A, a separate production deal. That's who it was with. Uh, uh, what's that guy's name? ABC? Black guy. Oh, Bob. Uh, the, the, the president of ABC? Um, the vice president. Uh, he of ABC. just passed away. Damn. Now I need. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Look. Oh, just, this just pays pa- off for all just, those just, uh, the stories just, I wrote. Did you say the, you say the vice president, a president? Uh, well, I know that he. This particular guy was fond of the project, um, even <laughs> though it didn't sell all that well for him on the label. But I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, but yeah. he recently just passed away. Um. Damn, I'm bad. This is this is a fail for Questlove Supreme. <laughs> we'll we'll come back to it. No, right, no problem. But uh, it, it it was a good deal. 
was a great deal. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I don't. I don't think. Poly- but did you did you feel vindicated like once hip hop had discovered it and really brought it to life? Uh, because I, I felt that that album really didn't. Oh, didn't it really didn't do do the, the max or whatever you want? So call. were you were you shocked in the nineties when suddenly like it's it you know it, it became I'll say that of of the holy grail records to to own or obtain that ramp to find you know a copy of that ramp record. Everybody loves the sunshine, right? Yeah, that that was like daylight. Yeesh. Yeah, daylight, right? Well, American they Pony. they had a copy of they had a version. Yeah, quietly kept. Yeah, the brand new version of "Everybody Loves Sunshine" mm-hmm. is on that ramp record. Um, yeah, but that that whew, but, I paid like but, hundreds for that. So but they, it, it, it sold sold a lot of records. They, they sold a lot of records. It's, they didn't tell you guys or whatever, but they sold a lot of records. I know because I paid a lot for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying. They, they sold a lot of records. So talk about the Sylvia, uh, the 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 Sylvia Streplin album. Like, what mm. was at the time? How did how did you you guys uh, was she always a part of your camp, or how did you guys meet? Well, I met her, and she was uh, she was working in the Wiz, and uh, Stephanie Mills, Stephanie Mills, mm-hmm. never ever got sick at all. <laughs> she was Stephanie Mills' assistant, and she was going on stage. She never, she never went on stage. She never ever went on stage. Period. Because Stephanie was never ill, ill or anything for the Wiz. <laughs> for the yeah. Wiz. Oh, oh okay, wow. I get it. Okay. I get it. Okay. okay. I didn't know she was on So, so what happened is that uh, she she died. She died. I didn't even know that she died. This is only a few months. Oh, Sylvia. Few months. Yeah, she died. Yeah. Uh, did not I could, know that. Oh my God! I was a manager, and and, and uh, she died. But this is all when I, when when I took place, when she got on the label. Oh man, I didn't even know that she died. Mm. It, it was so sad. So yeah. what were those sessions like? I'm sorry. The sessions with Sylvia. Oh, they were wonderful. She oh she was great, she was great. She was a very unique, very unique artist, and a lot of people are still requesting that I sell sell those sell those things. Hell yeah! Oh, I mean, more songs. Chicago alone considers yeah, "Give Me Your Love." Give Me, give me Your yeah, Love is that's like a classic. That has Man. saved me many a night at a, <laughs> at a Chicago DJ gig. I learned early, like right. If your if your set is failing, you turn that on and then blammo, mm. like <laughs> it, it your party comes alive. Oh, it comes super alive. You signed to Sony, I believe CBS. Did Larkin Arnold sign you to? Uh, Say that again. Larkin Arnold. Did he sign you to your no. Columbia deal in in eighty three? No, 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 no. I did no. I never did work with Arnold. Oh, okay. Okay. I never worked with him. How did uh, you come to Sony or uh, Sony Columbia uh, back then? Polydor signed to Sony. Ah. Okay. Really? That's... I I never even knew about it oh. until I until I found out. I said, "Oh shit, <laughs> I'm on another label." <laughs> I'm on another label. So they just transferred you to Sony? They didn't give a damn. That's right. Uh, That's crazy. I know, but th- this is the inter- intermingling of the of yeah, the industry. Mm-hmm. Oh man, 
It's fucked up. Right? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. The things I learned on Quest Love Supreme. <laughs> one one question I had. Well, see, I I felt that they were super supportive of you because uh, there's a moment in Michael Jackson's The Way You Make Me Feel video. Uh-huh. In which um they used your your hot song. <laughs> yeah, that was a hot song. For right. like freaking thirty seconds, like at the beginning. <laughs> and, and, I never and, really and, noticed. Like, that. have you seen? Yeah. All right, so the yeah. first thirty seconds, right when Michael's like, "Hey, yeah, yeah." I, I, I complained about it. I complained. You complained. About it. You didn't what? think that was great? Wait, no. <laughs> I, I complained about it because they, they they didn't pay me any money. Oh, oh. I I said, where, "Where's the money?" I see. It, it's it's see that's where in my head i was like wow like because you know back they were still running michael jackson's yeah uh, they would stop tv to play song, right. right and i felt like oh man this is really a good look for roy Ayers. not if they ain't pay that man no money <laughs> they didn't give me no money <laughs> It ain't funny. <laughs> it ain't funny, man. They ain't giving the money. I say, oh shit. <laughs> so to you, you didn't see it as, oh, I'm getting exposed to new artists or, or to a new audience and exposed. Man, man. I put all my cousins down with it. I'm like, yo, this is Roy Ayers. Who? And like, yeah, explain yeah. to him what hot was because you know, and also like how. You said James and Tumay produced that entire record? No, no. He produced one, two, three, four songs. Okay. Four songs. That's right. Who produced the hot single? The the lead single, Hot? I'm trying to think. What's, what song you say, did you say? Uh, hot. <laughs> oh, that Hot. James and Tumay. Yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did it feel good to have that? Oh, man. Because we, that was a comeback single for you at the time. So We had a groovy time. That was very, very nice. I was I was very fantastic with James M. Toomey and and, and uh, 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 what's the saxophone player? Oh, Gary Barks? Tr- no, no, the, the trom- Trumbo, uh, trombone player. Wayne Henderson. Wayne, Wayne Henderson. Henderson. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were both good good producers, man. Very very good. And hey. Rick James is very good. Too. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say wow. <laughs> um, because you did a lot of work. Right. On everyone else's records. I believe that's you scatting at the end of Fire and Desire on street songs. That's right. On the fade wow. out. Right. On the fade oh, out on street songs. That is I, that you I, doing right? That's before? right. That's right. I played played on that and that was real nice. And uh he told me uh Rick James told me he said he said cuz this he said this guy this this works with me. He says you got to watch this watch this guy. Cause he he would stab you in the back. I got a con- contract with him mm-hmm. before he died. Damn. My God, did he die? I did. Dad, damn, it died just so quick, man. You two were going to do a project together? No, we already did a project. Mm-hmm. We did the pro- project. We got got the the music is being sold right now. It's called mm-hmm. Double Trouble, I think it was. Hey, I, wait, you've heard this? Yeah. Yeah, they got a version of "Everybody Loves the Sunshine." Hey man, he, he, Rick James hey, singing. Hey, it? Yeah. hey, he got version version of "Everybody Loves the Sunshine." It's the best version yeah. of all, mm. of all. Is this available or not? Uh, I, it should I, be. I, I, I can it, I can send it to you. I have it. I have it available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will personally pay you after this. No, show. no, no. I'll, I'll give you the record. <laughs> <laughs> just take the record, right? I should have bought it. 
today. Damn, fucked up. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Wow, that uh, damn. How did this? How did this sneak past me? Because it, it's interesting, right? People don't even know what's happening, right? <laughs> right. You have a copy of it? Yeah, I got a copy of it. Fine, take a look. Nah, I'm Boss just Bill. not getting it. You got copy? I don't. I do not have a copy. I'm I'm like, you like, like a copy. Trouble. I don't, don't like have a copy. copy. Yeah, uh, Bill has a copy. Wow, shocker. So when did you when did you first meet Rick James? Oh, years ago. <laughs> that, that, and was he? <laughs> is, I get the feeling this is going to be the best story you're going to tell. <laughs> it's it's probably very good. It's a very good story. But uh, uh, he was uh, my God. As I researched, you know, he was uh, very aware, aware of a. Uh, he he was very defiant. Mm-hmm. He de- defiant. They didn't want to fuck with him at, at Motown. They, they they knew that they had, they had to kill him. I'm serious. I'm serious, man. He was a rebel. He, he's a super rebel. Freak. He, he, Sorry for staying the obvious, he, but he, he was a super freak. It, it was some very freaky shit. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I believe you. Because he he said, "Hey, don't fuck with me." I'm Rick James. I'm Rick James. That's right. <laughs> I'm serious, man. He, he he was serious, man. What other what other albums have you or songs have you appeared on that we might not know of? Well, I At pe- least during that time period, I appeared on a very, a very, very, very good guy. Uh, uh, what's this guy named on Sony? He's crazy, but but that's uh, almost almost only saying that he look a little crazy. <laughs> but uh, uh, who's who's the, who's the, the 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 guy that's on Sony? Uh, Sony Records. It's a big artist, big artist, John very Legend, big. Billy it. Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? No, no, no. He was talking. He said Billy Joel. Um, Billy Joel. What's what the fuck? Yeah, this is almost like having a conversation <laughs> with the mirror. Is this what talking to the mirror is like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's Billy Joel? <laughs> what you about to ask? What the fuck happened to him? No, no, no. He, Steve was joking about Billy Joel. He is I'm on Sony. But wait, I wasn't joking. No, now, no, now who, that it's who, who, who's, to, the, who's the guy? That, 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 that it plays on Sony. You can't play, I think, keyboard. John Legend? Uh, Keyboards, Sony. Ooh, I need MacGyver for this. How old is he? Is he a young? He's, 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 he's young, young, young. He's probably about 20 years old. 20, 20, 22. Oh. Right now. Right wait, man. Now. Wait, I played. I played. <laughs> He's in the wrong room. <laughs> wait, do we have this guy? Like, how can I find this? Is, this is um. He's twenty. He's a young guy now. This is today. Maybe he's twenty-two. <laughs> you know, twenty-three or something like that. But you know, and he plays the piano. Oh, wait, I know that you are on Tyler the Creator. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there we God go. damn. Okay. <laughs> that song is dope too. He All called right. me. He said. Yeah, he said. He said. I want you. He said. Let me. Let me. Let me let let me let you play some music. Ooh, I'm good. Let me let you play. I'm sorry. When when Tyler was on the Tonight Show, I remember him running up to me saying, "Yo, man, Roy Ayers," <laughs> and, and, and the same sort of ambiguous, puzzling way he just yeah. ran up to me like, "Roy Ayers," and then ran off, and I was like, "Okay." And then later on, and now now suddenly this, the circle, the story comes full circle four years later. Like, oh, that's what Tyler. That's what it was. So wait, how did Tyler get the golden ticket to get you? 
Because I'm sure he's not the first young dude. He, call, he called me up. He had a, his people were calling me up. And I said, yeah, this is Roy. And <laughs> he said, said Roy, did, yeah, could, could you do some, something on my album? He, I said, sure, you can send it up. He sent me the record. It was three songs. He said to put it on, on all of them. So I put it on all of them. The, the, mm-hmm. the music on all of them. Mm-hmm. And I played it. He's a very, he's a very nice artist. He's a very, I, I liked him. He's dope. He's That's dope. He's, he's interesting. Wait, now, now that I think about it, now I'm thinking of every Rick James production I've ever known that with vibraphones on it. So <laughs> I guess I can also assume that that's you on All Night Long at the end of... Yeah, the vibraphone solo at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I... Jane Girls. Well, the song, the songs I played on, I forgot the name of it. You're definitely all on it long. I mean, <laughs> assuming that you're that vibraphone and it's during the same time period. Yes, I believe that is you. Um, you were also on the Jasmine Taz uh, project Guru. with uh, Guru. Guru, yeah. Right. Which, that's the first time I met you. What I didn't know was the 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 album, the first time that you collaborated with The Roots when we did uh, proceed for the red hot uh, right, and you wanted to, and cool for me to sing. Is this right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. We and recorded. I don't know why y'all didn't do that, man. I should have done that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it was put on as the last minute. But what I didn't know was that Time Magazine declared that album album of the year. Oh, it did. What? Really? <laughs> the red oh, hot. No, and my cool. God. The red hot and cool. Yeah. When I did my research, I was like, oh. That was an awesome album. Like, that Proceed, I'm sorry, I, you know. I Proceed make- 2 was my joint. Yeah, Proceed 2 was the Damn. shit. Damn. Thank y'all, both of y'all. The starving years. <laughs> well, yeah, I meant for, you know, we were okay. slum- slumming in London at the time. It's but okay. no, it was, it was that that to me, that that whole experience, that was the, that was the first time, um, I mean, th- ex- excluding Cassandra Wilson and, and, and Steve Coleman, who, even though they were jazz monsters in their own rights, like I, we all, we almost felt like they were more family than anything. Like I didn't know how powerful Cassandra Wilson was until I really did the research. So, like in my eyes, like the first true like star guest that we've ever done anything with was you know working with Roy Ayers. Mm-hmm. That 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 was a, a, a masterful moment. Right when you're discovering that hip hop is sampling your work. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I've, I've known some guys that were just like, mm. well, you know, it's it's not art and it's theft and it's whatever. It's not really art. And then I know some people that are just like, yeah. wow, now my music is now ex- expanded to another audience. What, was, what side of the fence did you fall on once? I fall on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Like I love this. Where my money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's I fall on both sides. I'm serious, man. I, I, I fall on every everybody's side. We're just a musician, you know. The musicians uh, are usually, you know, kind of fucked up. <laughs> Thank you for saying Say that. They, they are they are kind of Say fucked that. up as far as the the, the business and stuff is right, concerned, right. man. They all they all fucked up. Make make, make sure they, they they're into music. They're into music. The musicians, you know, so the musicians, you know. I talked to George and I said, George, what's up? What are we what are we gonna do? He said, Prince Prince got killed. 
I said, oh, okay. Fuck that. <laughs> you know, these sound bites. Yeah. yeah. This is like, sound bite. He's the original meme. Like, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, I can't. I can't write that. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. So for you, were you, was it a relief to see that suddenly your catalog was, was, there was a renewed interest in it and then people were going back to it and, and discovering you and, you know, because when I really started seeing you on the circuit, especially at Ronnie Scott's, you know, there was, there was a, a, what was the genre they tried to put us in first? Not Neo Soul. Acid acid jazz. jazz. Yeah, Yeah. Like, like for you. When the '90s came, was there ever a fear like, okay, well, you know, will I still be a thing, or or is this it? And well, you know what? It, there's so many, so many people have died mm-hmm. that it just, it's just a, a re- release because now I'm working my ass off. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hear I'm you. working my ass off. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but I'm working my ass off. I'm glad you are. Which, which, which is, and I'm glad too. Right. But I'm talking about, I'm working my ass off. So, so it, it ain't nobody out there. Ain't nobody out there. The motherfuckers is dead, man. The, 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 the groups have died. Have died. You know. But you know what? It, that that may be true, but your music is yeah. going to last right forever. Thank, thank you. 
and that that to me is the 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 most Thank important you. thing because Thank you. You're right. Yeah, you're not getting work cuz everybody else is dead. You're getting work cuz you're a, a legend. Right, but because I'm still alive. I'm still, still, still alive. You That's know? a beautiful thing. But what does it feel like now? Because I was talking to somebody about you the other day, and I said, wow, like, Roy, you can go to a show. It may be a grandparent, a parent, mm-hmm. and a kid, and they all, all relate. You you are still cool. Right. Like, your music is still, you right. can go to a club at any ages, and you might hear, you know, see people dancing to it. What does that feel like at 76 years old? It's not a lot of people that can say that. If they work the, And they're not alive. They work the record. They, they work the hell out the record. Hey. I mean, probably do a group. They worked the records, man. But you made the record. Yeah, I made I made it, but they worked it. Mm. You know, they worked they worked hard. And you know, you know, I may be seventy six years old, but hey, I'm glad I'm still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, mm-hmm. I'm serious. Yeah, it's serious. One question I had regarding your song, "The Third Eye," is that you singing? Yeah, or that's that's what it is. You yeah. Would the lyrics, would you write those like in the studio at the time? Or? Maybe, exactly, exactly. Almost every song, almost every song. It's beautiful. I just like that just spontaneous feeling. It's, it's wonderful, man. You got to try it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, but I mean, you got to try it once, once or twice, you know. I have a question. Sure. About uh, one of your songs. Um, uh, the We Live in Brooklyn. We live in Brooklyn, yeah. baby. Were you living in Brooklyn when you wrote that? Or, <laughs> oh, uh, no. Harry Whitaker wrote, wrote the, the, the song. Oh, okay. The Harry Whitaker, and he died. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> but you damned. and George are still here. <laughs> yeah, you know who? You and George. You said George. <laughs> I was assuming you meant Clinton, so I'm like, yeah, it's you, blessing. You're right. That's right. You said Edwin Bird's song is still alive, right? Edwin Bird's song, okay. yeah. Yeah, he is. He's still around. Occasionally, uh, there was Daughters in Vegas, but when I play there sometimes uh they come to the gig they come to the gig one yeah one time i i played uh what was the daft punk sample uh coca-cola one more time oh uh, uh coca-cola uh, bottle baby yeah i played that once and uh you you know like how i, I can't be bothered when i'm djing right so someone keeps tapping me on the toe <laughs> that's my daddy's sample i was oh okay sorry sorry <laughs> So, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, everyone's still here and going strong. Uh, there's a there's a DJ. There's a new artist out now uh, named Kate Trinata, who is a uh, he's a DJ producer. Um, I went to his show. He did a show at uh, what's the place across the street from Brooklyn Bowl? Um, the Enemy. Cl- no, in <laughs> <laughs> the White Hotel or no Output. Output. output yeah. He did a show at this club. Uh, this was maybe like a, like two months ago, and. He played Chicago by you. Oh, I love that Chicago. record. Yeah, Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah. that song, I mean, it was a, a room full of 20 year olds. Like, these are kids, and they were going crazy over your song. I yeah, I, I, heard, like, I heard that at a club one night, like about 10 years ago, and it just, I lost my mind. It was the first time I'd ever heard it. That, that record still goes. Yeah, I, I it play go it whenever hard. I can, too. So, what are, your, what are your personal and favorite songs of your uh, catalog that you've done? Like, what? Oh, yeah. What what's near and dear to your heart? What's your favorite Roy Ayers uh Searching. Oh okay. yay. What of what what is it about searching that you love? Say butterfly up in the sky, I got a story to t- tell you. I, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm searching. You see, my friend, I need someone who feels a need the same as I. I'm searching. Searching, 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 searching. 
searching for inspiration, searching for communication, searching for a better way, searching for a better day. Oh my God, that's wonderful. Those are words, great words, man. Mm-hmm. When you when you live that live that life, you know it's it's wonderful when you you get into that. Searching is wonderful. Do you have a favorite like sample Roy Air song? A song that when you heard your song in it, you were like, "Whoa!" Mary, Mary J. Blige. Or C two. Oh, my life, my life, my life. Yeah, Really? The song or the checks? Yeah. So, did you like my life when you heard it? Yeah, I loved it. I said, "Why didn't I think of those lyrics?" You know, I was thinking, you know, Mary. That was such a controversial day. No, I I felt. I mean, I've told this story before, but I just felt uh, at the time. Yes, now in 2017, uh, I consider that song and the album before which it came from a classic song and an album. But during the time when I heard it, right? Uh. I don't know. I I never. That was a historical first because I never heard a singer just totally take a song and re redo it as their own. I mean, it's one thing for rappers to do it, but I never ever considered like singers could have the same rules as right. MCs. Right. So in my head, we were. Ooh. We didn't like it first month. I heard it. <laughs> first month, the first two, but you know, I don't. You, you, you dug it. I mean, but you were also like ten, Fonte. What did you know at ten? I, no, I wasn't ten. Like, my life came 15. out. I was like fifteen. At the very <laughs> least, <laughs> yeah, I was fifteen. And no, Laia, mature. At 15. the very least, every black woman at the age of fifteen and Laia, beyond stop, was like, "This stop is the, the out. This stop is the it. sentence. What? Stop the sentence. <laughs> okay, Laia, because the first day we ever met was the day that I. You were also in this band. <laughs> well, I maybe I was just saying that because I was amongst the hip hoppers, you know, and I was just going along. Trying to nah, fit I like, no, I like, I like, no. You're an asshole. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I stuck that in there without oh, them hearing you it. You did. Okay. Uh-oh. No, but hey, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, just I, like, I like my life. I, 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 I liked it too. I liked it too. I like, yeah, I like it. Focus. Really? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Like, I was you and you were me? Yeah. That's just crazy. I, I didn't. De- I didn't develop those rules until later. See, I was the way you are now. That was <laughs> that's what you was back then. When I was twenty, then I uh, I got lenient. Anyway, were there any times that uh, rappers wanted to sample your stuff and you denied it for any reason? No, I let let them sample it. I've I've gone over that. Uh, that that's some horrible things. I said. I said, damn, what is this? What is this? You know, everything, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. I said, put it out, put it out. <laughs> I said, put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. Yeah. <laughs> I said, put it out, put it out. Every every word, that's what they, they So your they, people were like, uh, we don't know if you should, uh, yeah. your, your people were sort of cautious about maybe you should pass on this or. No, I, I, I was passing on it. I was oh, passing on, I was, you know, I was passing on it. I said, no, let, let them put it out. Wow. Was, it was only one person, me. I wasn't. I didn't you administered your publisher and every mm. group of people. I just, just, just I said, right. "Put it out." Wow. Okay. Hey, put it out. <laughs> put it out. <laughs> put it out. That's no, right. Put that shit out. <laughs> is that the same? Is it the same way? Like now? Like if someone wants to sample your music now, they just go through you. Yeah, but but I I know that they they're not gonna play the stuff anyway. 
They're not going to play it. They're not going to play certain things. It will not. They won't. Radio station won't play it. So oh, it's radio. under the radar to him. It's like I mean, I'll take the check and it'll. <laughs> right. At this point in your it's career, is it anybody that you see that you're like, you know what? It'd be interesting to do something with them. Right. Or are you just like, is it any like new blood out there? You like, yeah, Diana. Because I know people shoot. Pharrell come is to a you. big fan. Pharrell, yeah. right? For, yeah. yeah. Pharrell's. Oh man. He named his named his couple of kids after me or something like that. Really? Wow. He did. Did he? Yeah. Wow. And y'all still have never worked together. We haven't done he he says he wants me to come to California. So yeah. I, I just I can't get out there, you know. At at the time. I couldn't, you know. Oh, okay. That's right. It's never too late though, Mike. Well, it's never too late as long as I'm still alive. Mm. Yeah. You were an A.S. He need to come to you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you yeah. need to come to wherever you at. Fuck, I hear you. Fuck hear that. You. That's fucked up. That's right. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Roy A.S. Shots don't fired. go to Pharrell. Pharrell go to Roy A.S. Yeah. That, what the fuck that nigga talking about? <laughs> no, I, I did. That's right. I forgot. The uh, other triplets, one of them is named Ayers. Wow. Oh, wow. But I, I believe his second one is either named after one of your compositions or... or right. Yeah. Yeah, talk about a tribute. But but no, he was now uh, you're gonna live forever because uh, well he was on the stage. Yeah. Uh, after we, uh, a concert, I did a concert, and he did a concert, and he was walking off stage, and I walked up to him and I said, Pharrell, and so Pharrell, he dropped on his knees, man, <laughs> and did the worship thing. Oh man, he does I, I said, He did the worship thing, man. Uh, I said, come on, man, come on. <laughs> That's for real. He's a humble cat. He's a humble, very humble, very, very humble. So, all right, what's 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 the future for Roy Ayers? What's your your next your next project? Are you touring more? Your I'm 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 planning on doing the album. Okay. That's about that's about playing, 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 playing. Okay. <laughs> playing. That's, that's good for me. Just playing. An album about playing. By playing, about playing. Okay. About you- playing. You gonna give us some of that unreleased stuff you got in the? Uh, yeah. When you, you you got plans on? I'm, I'm well. Yeah. yeah. You gonna let us go through the storage unit? I'm just saying, like, you know, it. it I'm just saying. Today, <laughs> <laughs> today. What? What was it? Today, Amir. One, one, one question. One question I have: uh, How involved was weed in the recording? <laughs> it was like marijuana, like smoke. Weed. Was that ganja? reefer? Reefer was that? Present was that in your sessions? Well, Did you allow I'm that? Sorry, in your I'm sorry. Say that. Say that again. <laughs> it's legal now. It's all right. It's, it's legal. legal. It's cool. It's no, no, no. How how was that? Uh, was that allowed and encouraged in your sessions back in the day? Weed. weed. Oh man, what is it's, it's in. Weed, weed is in. <laughs> All the time. Weed, weed is in. Every, my God, it ain't never stop, right? Ain't no stopping, man. They they going crazy with all the broadcasts and everything, man. But were you cool with it in your studio sessions back in the day? You was cool with it. Oh yeah, it yeah. was cool, man. Oh, okay, it was cool. Everybody smoked. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody, because that because that was like the memories that I have like of your music as a kid. Like I remember seeing like the album covers and hearing the music and right. the smell of marijuana right. in my home. 
Like, <laughs> my, my people, they would smoke to your music. They, they would cool I, out to your stuff. I, I, I like that you could hear the smell of marijuana. That's an interesting concept. Yo, man, yo, <laughs> it's, 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 it's called synesthesia. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just color. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like, is it really? <laughs> no, it really is. <laughs> it is. I wasn't expecting that word. Okay. It is. It absolutely is. Well, Mr. Ayers, uh, I I don't know. I think we've 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 tagged on everything. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. it. Yeah. We tagged on everything. <laughs> All right. As we wrapped up, uh, I I just want to say, you know, um, it's kind of weird because a lot of people that are in my particular uh, area of music, of course. Okay, I'll take it that. I'm lumped in and called Neo Soul, but I mean, you are considered the godfather of of our 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 genre, and so I just want to thank you for uh, you know oh. providing uh, us with the the roadmap for which you know is is still being used to this very day. You know your 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 influence and your art will be here forever. Uh, Long after everyone in this room is gone, even this building is gone, I hear you. your work will still be here. So we thank you for coming on. Of course, love supreme. Yeah. Hey, yes, yes. One last question. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, scoring the uh, the movie Coffee? What that experience the was coffee? like? Yeah, what that experience was like for you? Oh, that was that was wonderful. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I thought about that that. Uh, Meeting, meeting Pam Greer. Mm, mm. I, I met Pam Greer, Word. and uh, I was trying to <laughs> wrap wrap my arms around her, but, <laughs> but the the breast was so big <laughs> I couldn't even get my hands together. Oh man! But I know I was, I said, oh. <laughs> it, was, it was so wonderful. <laughs> I said. You are Pam, Pam Greer. I said, I I made you a star. Mm. I said, I said, I, I, I through my music, mm-hmm. right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk that talk, talk that talk. I, I'm, I'm telling you, after, as I did that, after I did that film, mm-hmm. that that really made me think about how how, how mad she was and how uh, how the aggravate aggravation. It was horrible. So she was uh, wonderful. She was a, she was a, a dream, a, a wonderful wonderful actress, a wonderful person, and I I love that hug. <laughs> that, that, that hug was something else, man. That is <laughs> so tell us more about Pam Greer. Oh man, it was it was wonderful. Wonderful. That's cool. All right, Steve. Steve. Yeah, I got um. One more question. Um, did you ever meet Milt Jackson? Uh, I met, yeah, I met Milt. Milt was wonderful, man. His his touch, his touch was is one of the greatest things in the world. The touch and the vibraphone. If you listen to all his records, the touch, it's it's a magic. It's a magic touch, man. What about Cal Jader? I met Cal Jader. I met Cal. He died. Damn, all those cats died. Dang. Man. Damn. That was my question. I'm sorry? But you still here with us? 
Yeah. Is there anybody in the jazz scene right now that you're, you're really excited about? No, I wanted to play it with Al Jarreau. But oh, oh, my God. Yeah. I, he did bad again, too. I know. Mm. I, it's crazy because I was about to ask you about Dennis, but I can't even talk about it. It's just too much. Go ahead. Just answer the question. Dennis. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask you to, you know, kind of break down. Because for me, my, my experiences with you went through Dennis, who was your drummer for, for a couple decades. Yeah, and we Dennis just, died, you know. Last year. That's her cousin. Yes. Yeah. Check this out. Dennis Davis worked with me. He was working with me all those years. And he was also working with Stevie One with Stevie Wonder and also David Bowie. David Bowie, that's right. David Bowie. Mm. And he did two two or three different gigs the same time. Mm. Really? It was amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. He was able to do that. How long was he your drummer? Uh, maybe since he was very young. So the, since the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. He, he just left and came back, right? Yeah, yeah he would leave yeah. and come back. He will always have a home with you. You, you remember uh, Dennis is the infamous Dennis is playing by himself, man. Oh. On on uh, I thought it was on Do I Do? Oh, do I Dennis do. Chambers. On Do I Do? Right. Dennis is playing by himself, oh, wow. man. Okay. That's well, wait. It. That also leads to uh, Stevie's bass player. What's his name? Nathan. Oh, um, the bass player. Was uh, Nathan East? Did he play with you for a second? The, the guitar player. The bass player, Nathan. The Nathan East. No, he didn't. Not Nathan East. Nathan Watts. Nathan, Nathan Watts. Watts. Did he ever play for you for a second? No, he didn't. He didn't play with me. I could have sworn I saw a concert of you with Nathan Watts play. Well, because Nathan Watts is built like a, a fullback. So. Yeah, he's he's a big guy. He. There was a similar bass player that played with you, a big guy, right. that I thought was 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 Nathan. Okay, that might have been John John uh, John uh, somebody. Damn. Also, the great Philip Wu also played mm, with you, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, he did. He did play with me. He's, he's in uh, uh, Japan. I know. How, how did you hook up with? He's been with you forever. He's, he's from uh, Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that where the title of your song "I Did It in Seattle" is Philip playing on that? Yep. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Nice, nice. All right. So, uh, on behalf of oh, I'm sorry. Should we do reflections? I no. Nah, Are we cool? I'm sorry, brother. No. <laughs> well, I just want one more one more thing. Uh, Go ahead, Steve. New Mr. Ayers. So, uh, people who worked at the studio, past and present, just wanted me to thank you for coming here so many times and recording so many records here over the years. It's a pleasure so, doing, doing this. It's really wonderful. It's, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. Well, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Questlove Supreme on Pandora. Uh, we will be back next week with another great informative episode of Questlove Supreme. Also, don't forget to dig in the crates and check out past episodes and catch up with us. Uh, on behalf of Sugar Steve, Unpaid Bill, Boss Bill, <laughs> Lady Laia, uh, a.k.a. Margaret, oh, Fontigolo, yeah, the great Roy Ayers, this is Questlove Supreme signing off. My pleasure. Thank you. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.